Good morning, everybody. The day we begin the Advent, we begin today the Advent season, and of course that brings with it the lighting of the Advent wreath. Um, Our songs, our hymns today come from both hymnals, and you will notice that the confession of faith comes from our Song of Hope, which is actually a doctrinal statement of the Reformed Church in America. And we'll use it, but we will not sing it, although it is a song and has music. Although it is a song and does have music, we are not going to sing it today, but rather read it together. Okay? It is a beautiful day to begin the season. Um, We've had our snow, so I'm assuming that we're not going to have any for the rest of the winter. Um, That's what happens when you have people who come up from Florida periodically. They bring that weather and kind of recycles itself, so... We won't have to worry about snow until next October. Um, Glad to see everyone with us today. As we begin, will you join me, please, in your bulletin for the uh, the prayer of preparation. Let us pray. O God, full of compassion, I commit and commend myself to you, in whom I am and live and know. Be the goal of my pilgrimage and my rest by the way. Let my soul take refuge from the crowding turmoil of worldly thought beneath the shadow of your wings. Let my heart, this sea of restless ways, find peace in you, O God. Amen. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. The peace of Christ be with you. Please stand and share the peace with one another. Our help is in the name of the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ.
Come, all you are heavy laden with the cares of life, and Jesus will give you rest for your weary soul. Come and do not dismay, for the cure of all your ailments lay in the redeeming work of our loving Savior. Come, pray, and believe. When our days are punctuated by angry words of hatred and ingratitude, forgive us. When the pained cries of the oppressed grow louder around us because we have not shown compassion or love, forgive us. When war's cacophony silences the sweet voices of children, forgive us and grant us peace. When we heed the call of commerce and ignore the cries from the manger, forgive us and grant us peace. When the sinful noise of this world aggrieves you, Holy One, hear again the call from the cross. Forgive them, they know not what they do. And in mercy, forgive us and grant us Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. and believe the promise. In a daring act of hope and imagination, God moves ever nearer to us, gracefully pouring light over our dark places. Hear the glad tidings of the gospel of God. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. In Jesus Christ, you stand forgiven. Thanks be to God. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so let us live.
seated. As we come to the word of God, let us pray. Lift up your hearts. Let us lift them to the Lord our God. Faithful God, your promises stand unshaken through all generations. Renew us in hope that we may be awake and alert, watching for the glorious return of Jesus Christ, our judge and savior, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Our first lesson comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, the prophetic names of the coming Messiah. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in the Psalter Litany. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. Do not let those who wait for you to be wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or of my transgressions, According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, Yahweh instructs sinners in the way. God leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble God's way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep God's covenant and God's decrees. Our second lesson comes to us from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 15, verses 26 and 27. Here we receive the promise of an advocate counselor. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
I'm curious. Do you know what your name means? Hmm? Anybody willing to volunteer? Alice. Your name means noble. Anybody else know what their name means? Grace. Any? Purity. Supplanter. Okay. Okay. Anybody else? Peace. Warrior. Troy, of course. Michael. Oh, wow. (laughs) Good luck with that one, Phyllis. Oh, Michael, we love you. Names are important. They do, in fact, help us to become who we are. If for no other reason, when your mother said your full name in that voice, you knew what? You were in trouble. Yeah. If nothing else, your name becomes correction. As much as we care about names, the people of the Bible cared even more. And they weren't so concerned about how the name sounded as what it meant. We read several places where people had their names changed in the scriptures. Abram becomes Abraham. Jacob becomes Israel. Simon becomes who? Peter. Saul becomes Paul. Very good. See, Sunday school, still with you. Other people were given names that represent various truths. You remember the prophecy of Hosea, where all of his children's names meant some kind of judgment on the people of Israel, Judah? And then there's all the symbolic names of the children of Joseph. So when we read names in the Bible, they have not been selected simply because they sound cool or rhyme, because they mean something. And in the Bible, according to Nave's topical Bible, there are more than 250 different names for Jesus. Imagine if all those were put on his driver's license. Now, you'll be glad to know I'm not going to try to cover all 250, but we are going to look at four. Four of them that come to us from the passage in Isaiah. For a child is born to us, to us a son is given, And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called, first of all, Wonderful Counselor. Hmm. What does that mean? Wonderful Counselor. Perhaps it brings to mind a counselor of your past. Someone from your high school when you were doing career counseling. Someone perhaps that you've gone to as a married couple someone you went to when you were in college and were in some kind of difficulty. The word here, used for wonderful, I think is best understood from another passage of Scripture. The very same word appears in Judges chapter 13, where it reads, And he replied, Why do you ask my name? And here comes the word. 
It is beyond understanding. That's what the word wonderful means in this text. Beyond understanding. A better word, perhaps, would be inscrutable. You see, these words, beyond understanding, is from the same word as the word translated wonderful in this passage because it is an adjective of another word. It was Calvin who wrote voluminously, but especially in his book of Institutes, chapter one, book one, chapter three, of the inscrutable God. The inscrutable God, the God beyond our understanding or explaining. So then what is the counselor? What is this person or this thing that is inscrutable beyond our understanding? Well, the word means two things and has two dimensions to it. The first, appropriate to this morning, is the counselor comes from the word healer. It has a sense of a passion to serve others in the form of repairing the body, the mind, and the spirit. It actually expresses itself through channels other than those classically associated with the healing of illnesses. So you need to look beyond the obvious definition of what you do in this sense. Essential characteristics include an inherent strength and the ability to assist people in transforming their plan into a healing process, as well as having the wiring, if you will, required to channel the energy needed to generate physical or emotional changes. In other words, it's not only someone who can provide the remedy, but persuade you to take it. But there's also another dimension to this word counselor, and that is that of the advocate. If you will, the counselor at law, the lawyer. The advocate embodies a sense of lifelong devotion to championing the rights of others in the public arena. People who relate to this particular role as of advocate have recognized early on a passion to transform social concerns, specifically on behalf of others. The advocate, of course, always needs public expression, even if only through writing or artwork. A good lawyer is his best or her best in the courtroom or in the documents that are produced at their hand. So, why should this title, given to the people of Israel in a time when the prophet actually is speaking respectfully of the coming King Cyrus, who would take them out of captivity and let them return to Jerusalem, why would this title be assigned to Jesus, and what difference would that make for us? Why do we need an inscrutable healer and advocate? Well, first of all, it's because we yearn for a relationship with God. 
Some people don't realize it, but they are searching for meaning and purpose in their life. They are seeking the Almighty. And we need someone who can lead us, someone who can advocate for us, heal us, counsel us, guide us in ways that are sometimes beyond our understanding. But we also yearn for justice. We may try to be good, but we fail. So we need someone who can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. We need this healer. We need this counselor who can, by his or her inscrutable wisdom, enable us, direct us, guide us, lead us. But we also yearn, I think, for wholeness, for completeness. We need someone who can lead us to what the Bible calls salvation, eternal life. So with these things in mind this morning, as we begin the Advent season, a season of hope, a season when we not only look for the second coming of Christ in glory, but remember the first coming in humility, in a baby, a poor child, born in a cave, surrounded by animals, to a poor family. That prophetic message is still important to us today. Why? Because every one of us is broken. Every one of us has experienced in some way, shape, or form the brokenness of the universe that we know. And this wonderful counselor, this inscrutable healer and advocate comes to our side, lives in us and through us, enables us each day to face the challenges, the temptations, the failures, the opportunities, and the risks that are involved in living day to day. I can remember very, very clearly being in the courtroom several years ago now when my youngest was in a divorce. And I remember what it felt like one minute not having a lawyer and the next moment having a lawyer by my side. It was a completely different way of seeing. It was a completely different way of feeling. To know that someone was on my side and could actually defend me and speak for me and come to my assistance was a tremendous comfort. And that is what this wonderful counselor offers to us. This wonderful counselor enables us to face every challenge, every crisis, every problem, every difficulty, knowing that God is on my side.
that this Christ that he has given to me to live in me, through me, is wise, knowledgeable, and able to defend me. Perhaps the greatest gift that we can receive during the Christmas season as we prepare is the gift of knowing that we are accompanied by this wonderful counselor. Every moment of every day, no matter what. Let's pray. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, so that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to life immortal. Through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Turn with me, if you will, and turn in your bulletin to the confession of faith, and let us express our faith together using the words of our song of hope. Together we say, we sing to our Lord a new song. We sing in our world a sure hope. Our God loves this world. God called it into being. God renews it through Jesus Christ. God governs it by the Spirit. God is the world's true hope. We are a people of hope, waiting for the return of our Lord. God has come to us through the ancient people of Israel as the true Son of God, Jesus of Nazareth, as the Holy Spirit at work in our world. Our Lord speaks to us now through the inspired scriptures. Christ is with us day by day. Our only hope is Jesus Christ. After we refuse to live in the image of God, he was born of the Virgin Mary, sharing our genes and our instincts, entering our culture, speaking our language, fulfilling the law of our God. Being united to Christ's humanity, we know ourselves when we rest in him. Our God, it is right to offer thanks and praise. God of all mercies, we give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all people. Give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. At this time, I'd like to ask the elders and deacons assisting me in the healing liturgy to join me up front. Everyone is invited, of course, immediately after the service today to join us in the Bellhauer Parlor for coffee and refreshments and fellowship. We hope that you will take advantage of this time.
In your bulletins, there are lots of announcements. Uh, we'll have some fun uh, during the coffee hour today. Um, in your bulletin, you found a fancy 3x5 card uh, with, with purple or blue lines on it. Um, <clears throat> we're going to try something that we tried last year, and that is to give something that you make or something that you do uh, away in an auction. Um, for instance, uh, if you can make an apple pie, uh, write down make an ap- one apple pie and give us an idea of what that apple pie might cost if you were to sell it. Okay, so we have a, a price tag on it, if you will. Okay, perhaps it's um, one hour of raking leaves, or perhaps it's uh, you know a telephone call once a week for the next uh, two months uh, to just chat. Whatever, but give us some idea or something that you could do, some ministry that you would have or an ability that you have to share with others and some kind of value to it so that we can auction it off uh, to the highest bidder during the coffee hour. Just one more uh, emphasis of stewardship uh, in these four weeks of stewardship emphasis uh, to have some fun. Um, I've always wanted to be an auctioneer. Walter said I could do it, so we're going to give it a shot this year and see if it works. Okay. Um, Notice that the Christmas bag gift-giving event is for the children that come to our uh, food pantry. Um, Please take note of uh, the kinds of things that we're looking for. Um, Also to uh, remember our Thanksgiving offering. This past year, we received a gift of $1,200 for the food pantry, from the one great hour of sharing offering of last year. So I think that it's significant for us as a congregation to remember to give uh, to that offering because it not only benefits us in the long run, but it also benefits other congregations across the country. And the Women's uh, Christmas Project, um, they are um, distributing or collecting coats. And now I I have some really good news for you ladies. Now that I'm over 50... I have discovered that I am extremely allergic to wool. So I have the most beautiful wool coats that I can give you for your drive, and they're absolutely brand new. I bought them at the end of the season last year. I put them on during Thanksgiving break and thought I was going to die. I got, I mean, seriously, my throat, my nose, everything congested. I started coughing. I couldn't breathe. And my wife said, just give up trying to wear wool, Doug. So... If you have um, jackets, coats, whether for adult or for teenager or child, okay, please bring them in. We'll be delivering those within the next week. Helen. Oh, tomorrow. Okay. Do we know where we're taking them, Helen? Okay. All right. Great. Okay. All right. Yeah, so if you haven't brought them so far, uh, they won't go tomorrow. However, I do know uh, that the Elijah's Promise will take men's coats, not, uh, not children or women's coats, but men's coats, all during the winter season. So if you have them and you discover them as you clean uh, the house or right, right out one of your closets, uh, let me know and bring it in and throw it in my study, and I'll take it down to Elijah's Promise. Uh, next... Well, this coming Saturday, uh, we, from beginning at 9 a.m., we'll be uh, greening the church for the Christmas season. We want to invite you to come and share some time and fellowship around that. Um, 
I don't know that there are any other announcements that I can emphasize. Um, are there anything, anything that I've missed? <laughs>